believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. For in him dwells all fullness of the Godhead bodily, And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Very strong statements. Just a mountaintop passage of scripture in the Bible as a whole. Just glorifying Christ and making very clear that in Christ, any follow of Christ is fully complete. And we can say it's the opposite the other way. Apart from Christ, you're totally incomplete. Like Jesus said, drink from this water, you'll thirst again. To the woman at the well, but the water he gives you. We're fulfilled in him, not just fulfilled in our soul, spirit, mind, and body, but fulfilled in the equipping for the things that God has for us in this life. So tonight we want to talk about having received Christ and just staying, staying on with, what he, with the good work that he's doing and embracing it and going forward in it. And that's, again, the context of the letter, and it's applicable for all believers. So we start with this verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ. Jesus the Lord. And I've been talking about this lately. And over the last six, nine months, I've gone through a lot of Billy Graham sermons and a lot of Pastor Chuck Smith sermons. And so voices of the past, great men of God have been resonating in my, my mind and in my heart and my soul. And I've mentioned this many times in the pulpit. And again, I want to mention it tonight. Billy Graham emphasized so often in his preaching that there are two purposes to be alive. The first one is to be saved and come to a saving faith through Jesus Christ. That is the supreme purpose of every human life on the planet, is to hear the gospel message and to respond to it in faith and to receive Christ. And until a person does that, that is God's will for their life. That is God's will for their life, to hear the gospel message and to receive the gospel. Thus, the Great Commission is the highest priority of the local church, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And that needs to always be the heartbeat and the pulse of a church is while we build up the saints, the saints all have a vision. The body of Christ, believers have a vision for the loss and a burden for the loss because we are fulfilling the Great Commission, not as we send out missionaries or support missionaries, but as we live our lives for Christ in a spirit-filled life in our homes, in our community, and in our surrounding region, in our lives, as people see that. So to, to come to Christ... As many as you therefore have received Christ. So that is the, the first great thing, purpose of God. But the second purpose is, once we come to Christ, is to live the life that Christ has redeemed us to. So we live the life that's in Christ, which is 
a common denominator and a universal work of the Holy Spirit in our life to produce Christ and bring forth Christ from our life. But the uniqueness and the personal touch of the Lord is just as the DNA of you is just so unique and different than any other person on the planet. So too is the work of God in each of our lives. So we have a universalness to us that it's to produce Christ in us, the hope of glory, which we read two weeks ago in Colossians uh, chapter one, Christ in us, the hope of glory through the experiences and the word of God being demonstrated in our life. And, and that comes forth from our life. And so people see that and they watch that and they observe that and they're, and they're drawn to that in all the experiences. And so that's the second part is that we go forward and we're letting Christ work in us and we're producing Christ in our life universally because Christ is the same yesterday and forever. So he's, how he works, the character of Christ in each of our lives does have a common denominator. The fruit of the Spirit is the common denominator in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. That's for all of us. But you see, the uniqueness of each one of us, like David said in Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And the gifts and calling of God are, are personal in our lives. So it's that commonality of the Holy Spirit producing Christ in our life, but the unique fingerprints of Christ upon our life with who we are to produce and show to the world him, his glory, his power in you, the unique vessel, or as Ephesians 2.10 says, the unique work of art that you are. The unique work of art that you are. None of us are to be the same. So the, the, we're all clay pots on the wheel, if you will. But the piece of art is unique and different for each one of us. It shows the, the commonality, but the uniqueness for each of us. You keep that in mind as we go through this. So those two great things, to hear the gospel and believe it, and then the uniqueness of fulfilling God's will in our life, the commonality and the uniqueness of what his will and call is on each of our lives for who we are in our timeline. So with that in mind, that phrase, having received Christ Jesus the Lord, and that is quite a phrase there in verse Six, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Now we know that we're saved through faith, and back in the Gospel of John, it's so clear as many as received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. In him, Jesus is the light and life of men, and as many as received him. So it's not just an intellectual believing, yeah, I believe God exists, or I believe Jesus died on the cross, but that that receiving him, asking him in as Lord and Savior. We see throughout the book of Acts when people give their lives to Christ that they have a confession of faith and they identify with Christ through water baptism in most cases and there's immediate response and change. So there's an inward faith where, where we've passed from death to life or as Jesus said in John 3, we've been born again and we believe the message of Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into us, literally indwells us. In the Old Testament, he dwelt in the temple. But in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, all believers are the temple of God. And he indwells us. And he comes into us. And we pass from death to life. And that comes through receiving him. That's the basis of our faith, that we receive Christ. As many as received him, okay, and then it says that Christ the Lord. So we're not receiving a system of beliefs per se. We're not receiving a philosophy or traditions of men or... Uh, a political worldview where it might be forced on us or something. 
God is a God of choice. That's why there's two trees in the garden. That's why you can wake up and live for the flesh or wake up and live for the spirit. If he, love is a choice and God is love and in creating us, he didn't create us as artificial intelligence with no choice. No one wants to be married to a robot. Love is reciprocated in its choice. So as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. So when we pass from death to life through faith in Christ, as many of you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So we're not receiving a belief system like, oh, I might apply this, or 10 steps, or 15 steps, or 100 steps, or again, the uh, manifesto of the Communist Party, or the writings of Darwin or something, where it's a belief system and philosophy that shapes our life or whatever. I have a Darwinistic worldview, I have a communistic worldview, I have a capitalistic worldview, I have a socialistic worldview. We're not receiving that. We're receiving Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. We've already been told in chapter 1, all things are made by him and for him. In him all things consist. He shed his blood on the cross to redeem us. We read all that in chapter 1. So he is everything. He is the center of the universe. And again, we talk about this. He's the atomic glue holding the universe together. All things are are held together by him. Now, he's the creator and the sustainer of the universe. But when we receive him, he becomes the savior. This is really important. It's personal. And we're receiving him as Lord. And again, to quote Billy Graham, either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all, right? So, Jesus isn't a back pocket savior. I think most of us know that very clearly here. He's not a, a one hour Sunday, you know, pay your taxes and go to a church service or something and feel good about yourself. He is everything, He is all. In Him, all is all is all. And that's where this passage took us to in verse 10. So, having therefore received Christ, as Lord, we're to walk in him. That's our first point here is having received Christ as Lord. To walk in him, verse 7, excuse me, verse 6. So walk in him. Now, it's interesting when Paul wrote these letters, the, what are known as the prison epistles, he says to the Ephesians, have a walk worthy of the Lord. This was something that was resonating in his mind between him and the Lord when he was in prison under house arrest for a couple of years with the idea of walk, walk with him. And of course, Paul walked all over the Roman world on those Roman roads. So the idea of walking is just like having that relationship that, that you know, my wife and I go on walks. Uh, one of the really good signs of my healing from my physical inf- afflictions of recent time, a couple Sundays ago, we went for a walk on the Huntington Beach, you know, bike path there. And we went for a long one. I, it was about six miles. And, you know, we're walking and we're talking. And those of you that walk with your spouses or your kids or whatever, you talk. You know, you go for a walk. You talk. You talk about this. And, honey, I was thinking about this. And what do you think about that? And, and you're walking. It's fellowship. What do you have in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24 when Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus? There's, there's fellowship. So walk. It has the idea of, like, we're walking. It's like, yeah, let's we're walking, we're doing this, we're, we're together in this, we're a walk with the Lord. To get up and get on with it is to start walking, and you're walking with the Lord. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we get some clarity on this where we're told to be rooted in him, to be built up and established and abounding. These are four big words. They all come under my first point, so they're sort of a subdivision it's hard to just make them one point. You kind of want to break them down, but just put them together here. These are four big words. When we think about growing in Christ and we think about having received Christ, okay, having therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted, okay, uh, built up, established, and abounding. So rooted implies going deep, right? Like deep roots. If you're going to be built up, you got to go deep first, and that's how it works with the Lord. 
we know in the parable of soils that the seed is the word of God and the first seed's plucked out by the devil, the birds, before it even gets in the soil. The second seed gets in the soil, springs up, but it dies right away because it has no depth. It just doesn't have depth. It doesn't have root. And it's symbolic of believers when persecution comes, they have no root and they can't stand. Persecution is God's uh, allowed uh, handiwork to separate the wheat from the chaff. And you find in societies where Christians are persecuted, particularly just take random places like, say, Syria, Iran, Sri Lanka, India, Mongolia, places like that where believers are persecuted, you, you can kind of sift through pretty quick who's legit and who's not. The fire makes that clear. So we want to take root. We need to go deep. So we want to be rooted in Christ. That means we want to be in God's word on a regular basis. We want to be spending time with the Lord in prayer, thinking about the Lord, uh, letting him speak to us. Again, it's not about me, but in my afflictions in recent months, the only comfortable position was face down, laying down face down. Uh, For weeks, that was the only way I could even fall asleep. Uh, Any movement to my side was just excruciating. I would wake up from it. And you know, I got to tell you, you can't do a lot when you're in excruciating pain face down. And some of you can relate to that. So I'll just say, can I get a witness? You don't need to say, but can I get a witness? Because see, when you're face down and you, you can't do anything, you're just like, you're pretty, you know, alert audience actually for what the Lord might want to speak. And most of the time we're in a hurry. People are in a hurry. We live in a region where everyone's in a hurry. Bunch of ants in fifth gear moving at a high pace to a picnic that's never got enough crumbs. And, you know, to, to just stop and spend time with the Lord, that's where you take root. When you, like, listen to Bible studies and you think about it. When you have a journal and you take notes. When you listen to worship songs, you go like, that song's really speaking to me. Like right now, the words and the content. You take root. Like it's meditating. I mean, it goes back to Psalm 1, where David, the man after God's own heart, said, Thus is the man who delights himself in the law of the Lord. That is the word of God in the Old Testament. In it, he meditates day and night. That man, that woman, they're like a tree planted by the river, and they bring forth their fruit in due season, but the ungodly are not so. So the whole idea of being rooted is taking deep root, like not being shallow, not... deep roots, and then being built up. So like if you go deep, then you can go up. If you're deep with the Lord, you can bloom for the Lord. But there's not, you know, if you don't go deep, there's not a lot of going up. Being built up. So God wants to build us up. And he wants to use us to build other people up too. But the idea here is the personal accountability and responsibility of our relationship with the Lord to be built up. Now, contextually, we could even say it's for a church. So Believers individually in our, our homes, their Christian homes, if you will, and in the gathering in the churches, that we take root, we'd be built up, that we're built up and equipped. That's, you know, back in Ephesians 4, which was written about the same time, he said that the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, they equip the saints for the work of the ministry. They equip, they build up. So God's word builds us up. God's word gives us root in what we believe and what he's revealed about himself. And it builds us up. God's word strengthens us. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we take root with God's word. It builds us up, and we're strong in the things of the Lord. Then we also see the phrase here, established. It's funny, we are at dinner the other night at Wahoo's with Zippy. We had, it was grandparents' night for Jennifer and I. And 
we went to Wahoos and I saw like, you know, it's like 30 year anniversary of Wahoos. Yeah, he's like, oh, 30 year anniversary. I can tell you old some companies are, for example, having worked with Billabong, established in 1973, right? Established. It says established. It's part of their whole, so greater credibility. In other words, a lot of recessions have come and gone and companies like Beachtown and Maui and Sun, they came and went. OP, whatever, I guess they're still around. But, you know, like the idea is like established, you know, like established. Something's established. Like Toys R Us is not established. They're gone. Blockbuster Video is not established. They're gone. It used to be right over there off Adams when you came into Costa Mesa from Huntington Beach. It's gone. Established has the idea that something that's it's, it's around. You know, if you're in the plumbing business and you've got a good reputation, you've been doing it for decades, like you're established. You're a general contactor. Established Huntington Beach, 1967. Like, oh, my. You know, like who stays in business for... 45 years unless they do a really good job. You know what I'm saying? The idea of establishes is credibility. Hey, you know, Bob's Pizza established 2017. Well, okay. Bob's Pizza, you know, Tony's Pizza in Costa Mesa or something on Harbor established, you know, 1965, family owned, three generations. Like, oh, yeah, it's established. If you could go out of business by being foolish, you would have gone out of business. Established means, you know, you established. That's how it would be in our faith. You know, when you say you've given your life to Christ, people watch you, and they, they watch to see if you fall, and they want to discredit you because they're at war against God in many cases. But some people really want to believe what you believe, but they want to see you be established. And the longer you walk with the Lord, the more credibility you get. That's why Jesus said, wisdom justified by her children. When people can look at your life down the road and say, wow, they, they've walked the walk for years, for decades. It takes... You know, time works equally, right? I mean, for us on this planet. And, it, it, and whether we live a, a long life or a short life, a life of faith is meant to be a life of quality and, and to see Christ established in our life, in the home, in the workplace, with our kids, with our grandkids, with our adult parents, with our, excuse me, with our, our parents and then our adult siblings, established. We're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect, but we're under construction and we want to be like that universality I talked about, more like Jesus in 2019 than we were 2018, but in the uniqueness of who we're supposed to be. But established. Like, hey, you know, I, again, I go back to Pastor Chuck Smith at Calvary Costa Mesa. Whenever there was a crisis in the Middle East, everyone just run to Calvary Costa Mesa to hear what Chuck had to say because he was established in the faith, particularly on 9-11. All those people, they came by the, by the thousands because the church was established and people hadn't been there for years, they respected Pastor Chuck and they came to Pastor Chuck because he was established in the credibility of his walk with the Lord and teaching the word of God. And people came there for comfort and hope. When Billy Graham passed away, you know, the, the, the uh, documentary on his life that's out there right now, about six months ago, it came out. It's incredible. But like when his memorial was like for a week, I mean, he was there in the Capitol. He's only one of three non-presidents who had... A viewing in the Capitol building. It's just, just so established. All the different presidents, all of them talking about the impact of Billy on their life, that he was a true friend in the faith and he represented Christ. And whether it was, you know, it didn't matter if it was Obama or Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan or Jimmy Carter or whatever, he was established. And the credibility was established. When this journey is done, we want our kids and our grandkids and our relatives and our co-workers to just know that we were established since 19 or 20 so-and-so, the moment we really gave our life to the Lord, that that's a, that's a benchmark and it had been established.
That's the mark of credibility. And then abounding. When we think about abounding, to me, this word gets my attention because abounding has the idea in my mind of being super fruitful. But because I think in sports terms, I just think there's certain times when athletes are just white hot, not red hot, like white hot. Like when they just got it all going. Sometimes golfers just get, they just get on a roll at a major and they're just untouchable. Like every shot, just the drive, the chip, the putt, it's, it's you know, it's just, or, or like in basketball and just certain, they just get it going. Abounding. It's like the idea in athletics is when, when an athlete is at just, or John Wooden used to say this best as a coach at UCLA, what you're, well, you're at your best when your best is needed. In other words, you're peaking at the highest level when it's the elite time to peak. Abounding has, in my mind, has the idea that you are just on your game and everything. If you're a pitcher, you got you got the fastball with location. You've got the breaking ball. You've got the changeup. I mean, they're not touching you. You're just abounding. You got it all going. So if you kind of use that analogy, or maybe in the business world, you just make all the right calls. You just seem to make the right decisions. You just got the hot hand with what to invest in, what not to. Just abounding. Just it, it's just it's like it's you at your best flourishing. We often say the right fit, right? That's the right fit. High school coaches with different high school athletes, you just try and put them in the right spot where they're at their maximum potential. That's abounding. You, you maximize what's there. So abounding in the Lord is that you're just flourishing in the fullness of who you're meant to be, that you're just flourishing as a woman. You're flourishing as a young lady. You're flourishing as a young man. You're flourishing as a grandpa. You got all, you got all going. You're a grandpa juggernaut. You are just firing on all cylinders. You're flourishing. That's the idea, just abounding, just abounding. Just like, it's just, Got it all, just because it's the Lord just overflowing from our lives. So we walk with him, we're rooted, and we're built up, and we're established, and we're rolling, we're abounding with thanksgiving, which means it's not about us. See, some people are kind of like with themselves, like establishing abounding. Well, sooner or later, you're no longer established, you're not abounding, you're gone. But we're going from glory to glory. This is the foundation that God wants to work in each of our lives, which I, I know looking at many of you, he is doing this work. But we want our, our, our best moments in the Lord to be today and in front of us. We want to go from glory to glory. We want to get more fruitful, more fruitful, and more fruitful. Seeing Billy Graham talk about, watching Billy Graham share the gospel in his late 90s, and that's very elderly, by the way. Late 90s is very elderly. And my dad just turned 89. So I have a comparative with my dad 10 years younger than when Billy was 99. But just, just watching Billy share the gospel and the confidence of his faith right to the end, you know, it's like that's abounding. It's just Christ in him, the hope of glory. And my, my wife watched the Billy Graham documentary. I mentioned this from the pulpit but last week. But she watched it, and she was just crying the whole time because it's just so inspiring. It's just so inspiring. Like what life looks like when you just go from glory to glory and it's about the Lord and not about you and you forgive and you're gracious and you grow and you sow and you abound. That's who we're meant to be. Because there's a danger of what can happen is we can get off track, which is the warning in verse eight. Beware. Oh man, I don't like bewares. 
You know, growing up, I was such a rule breaker. Gosh, I was such a rule breaker. I mean, with this running joke in my family, like if, 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 if it says, the, like Jennifer is just like the queen of following rules. Like she's the perfect rule follower. You know, I'm like, she married the rule breaker. You know, like she was a straight A high school student. I got kicked out of high school, right? You know, and it used, the rest just goes that way. We're, we're such a good match. And, we, and you know, um, beware is just like, you know, beware is beware. Like, Example, you're 23, you think you can surf anything, so you paddle out Waimea Bay 25 feet and it becomes 50 feet. And now you're out in the open ocean by yourself and you're confessing all your sins. True story for me. I should have just watched the conditions. The swell was building. I'd, we didn't have surf line back then, so you kind of like look at the map and the Honolulu advertiser. Oh, it looks like a low, you know, Tokyo coming this way. And the day I almost drowned at Waimea Bay, it's like if someone said, hey, Joey, you know what, like, this is kind of out of your league. Like, it, it looks 25 feet and you're racing out there right now, but you know, in like 20 minutes, there's going to be a set that's 50 feet and it's going to take everyone else and you're going to be in the open ocean by yourself. Beware. I'd be like, Mwah. like, see, we don't like beware. Getting out of PCH yesterday to take uh, Zippy down to the, the playground at 9th Street, right there in Huntington, the new playground that's been down there. She wants to go out on the road. Like, you got to have her hand. Zippy, there's cars. They're going fast. It's like, that's why, you know, I always say you can't let a two-year-old run the world because they'll run out in the street and the world will end. Right? I mean, beware is beware. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.